0: Did you know everyone needs an ikigai? I'm not talking about an ikigai, but rather an ikigai, a Japanese word meaning purpose. One way of translating this word, ikigai, is the happiness of always being busy. But we're not talking about the mindless or overwhelmed busyness of too much to do. Welcome to episode 121 of the Happiness Playbook. I'm your host, Larry Florence, and today we're talking about what gets you out of bed in the mornings. But before we get to this idea of ikigai, or being busy with a purpose, we need to have a team happiness huddle. How did you do with last week's play of the week? We talked about the Japanese concept of shikata ganai meaning to accept what is were you able to accept something that was disappointing and move on maybe you were even able to build on it i would love to hear about your experiences you can send me a direct message on the happiness playbook on instagram or feel free to send me an email at, larieflorence at gmail.com. that's l a r e e f l o r e n c e at gmail.com or i'd love a review on itunes it's easy to do you just have to scroll down on the app where the episode is playing until you see those five stars and then there's an option to write a review so i hope you can take a minute and do that if you're enjoying the podcast let me know if you're taking on these weekly play of the weeks and how those challenges are helping you with your happiness practice last week I promised I'd be sharing another Japanese secret to living a long and happy life. And this is it, the idea of Ikigai. Or you can just get a puppy. That's been making me really happy lately, and he's very noisy right now. I'm sorry about that. So this idea of Ikigai is kind of like, what gets you up in the morning? What makes you want to work hard? What colors your life with purpose? And that's the idea of Ikigai. There's a little Japanese village on the Isle of Okinawa that has more centurions per capita than anywhere else in the world. So, of course, when Hector Garcia and Francesc Morales wanted to write a book about the secrets to a long and happy life, they went there looking for answers. It's interesting that in Japan, People never really retire. There isn't even a word for retire in the Japanese language. People keep working, or if they're not employed, they keep staying busy with meaningful activities until they're too sick to carry on. Only then do they stop. The hundred-year-olds living in the village of Ogimi on Okinawa were no different they had meaningful activities that kept them busy every day. My husband's father was a great example of having purpose in his life. He was always active and busy with jobs around his gentleman's farm, which was a large lot in a suburban neighborhood where he cultivated a large vegetable garden and even raised a cow. He did all of his maintenance and was out in the yard or working on his property, or working on the house every day, and he also helped numerous neighbors and family members. When he was out hanging Christmas lights on his two-story roof late into his 80s, neighbors would kindly hint that maybe he shouldn't be doing such things, to which he would reply, I want to die with my boots on, meaning he wanted to stay up and active up until the very end, even if that meant an accidental death. He almost got his wish. He was healthy and active and strong he even beat a terminal lung cancer diagnosis and that he saw that go into remission for years but in the end it came back and he ended up having about a year of limited health and decline before he died at the age of 91 he had lived a long and happy life with purpose Some purposes are harder to identify. If you're young, it may make it hard to distill what your purpose is at present. Here are some questions that you can ask that can reveal what your ikigai is. Ask yourself, what do you love? What's something that you love sharing with others and that you can't stop thinking about? And if you're young, there might be a whole bunch of things, and it's okay if you can't Figure out if there's one thing that you love more than others. It's a time to be curious and explore lots of ideas. All right, another question you can ask is, what are you good at? Do you have some innate ability that makes something easier or less challenging uh, than it takes others? I had a friend who was a super great seamstress, and for a while she found a lot of purpose helping me with costuming, At my theater program so this is a shout out to Cindy Medler if you're listening love you Cindy another question you can ask is what does the world need are there things that are lacking in your community in my case I noticed that there was a lack of theatrical opportunities for youth outside of a public school theater department So if you didn't want to participate in that, or if you were looking for an after-school program, or if you were homeschooled, you were out of luck. And so that was something that was lacking in my my little neck of the woods. So here are some additional things that uh, the authors, Garcia and Morales, found when they were interviewing the very old, happy people of Agami. They stayed active physically. They were natural smilers. That's such an easy thing to do. You just have to try to smile more. Smile more when you're out with others or even when you're home by yourself. Notice are you smiling or not? Uh, These centurions also spent regular time in nature. They followed the first principle of play theory. They were present in each moment. Now, I would think that by the time you're 100, you really have to feel like every moment could be your last, that you're living on borrowed time, so maybe it's a little easier for them to be present since they might be thinking there's not a lot of future ahead of them. But regardless, they had mastered that principle of play theory. They also typically had surrounded themselves with supportive friends and family. And that's kind of a no-brainer, but I think we take it for granted. Isolation is never a positive. Do you ever wonder why solitary confinement is used in the penal system as an extreme punishment? It's hard on our psyche and spirit. We need connection. The centurions of Ogimi have learned that having purpose makes life meaningful, which helps them find joy in each moment. And they're supported by loving friends as they do so. So the authors Garcia and Morales shared this thought Life is not a problem to be solved. Just remember to have something that keeps you busy doing what you love while being surrounded by the people who love you. Isn't that a great takeaway? I mean, that feels like something that, that I can do, and that's gonna help me live a longer, happier life life. So thinking about this has helped me consider and contemplate my purpose. I've always been drawn to work with youth, not specifically children or younger children, but more like teens and young adults. And not surprisingly, but in a surprising way, that's where I ended up for over 20 years now. When I was in college, and I felt these guiding inklings nudging me along through the vast intersection of young adulthood onto the highway that would be my life's trajectory, I interpreted them to mean I should go into counseling. So I got my degree in psychology with every intention of getting a master's or even a PhD after I had graduated so that I could get a real job in the field. After my husband and I had graduated and we were married, we moved to the Bay Area In Northern California, where my husband had taken a job with Macy's in their management career path, and fun story in that career, the first year he was going to be moving around to a variety of different stores in the region, and so and we'd never lived there before, we didn't know where to where to go, and so we knew no one, and we decided we we would rather rent rather than trying to you know get into anything more permanent while he was. I guess it's kind of like being mentored at all these different stores. So every three months or so, he would get transferred to a different store. So he was all over the Bay Area. Anyway, his brother's wife's sister's husband's mother lived in Redwood City. And this woman's name was Edith Billen, and she was recently widowed. She worked the night shift at a local hospital, and she welcomed us into her home. We got to rent one of the bedrooms in her home because she knew about our need for temporary housing, and she was, I think, lonely and happy to have other people in the home. So it was it was a crazy year because Edith worked the night shifts, I worked swing, and then I was on and off for like a kind of like a fireman shift at a, at a group home for adolescents that were not quite in a. Um, wasn't juvenile hall, but they, you know, kind of under lock and key. And then my husband worked retail. So we would sometimes only see each other like twice a week at odd hours, sometimes in, in the middle of the night. But anyway, that was an interesting time for me. I learned a lot because I recognized that the tools that I had and the tools that were allowed to teach these kids that were in turmoil and struggling, they were really limited they, they weren't really helping. And the role that I was fulfilling with these, these youth um, felt more like I was a policeman or I was just facilitating a, a free meal for them. And I recognized that these, that what these young people wanted, they wanted boundaries. They wanted guiding principles to live by. And I felt like with, within the constraints of my employment that I couldn't offer these things to them. And many of these youth had experienced abuse as children. Some were dealing with the physical challenges of having a mom take drugs while she had been pregnant with them. And it was heartbreaking to see their challenges and even more heartbreaking to feel so helpless to offer real solutions. And at this time, I was considering the possibility of grad school. There were many different programs And some had an emphasis on clinical studies and others focused more on different types of therapy, which at the time, uh, they have got, I think they've got better therapy now than they did then. Uh, Then then it seemed like it was a lot of time, just sit here and tell me all about your feelings and let's talk about why you might be feeling that way. And it was more retrospective, introspective versus proactive steps moving forward. Anyway, I wasn't drawn to any particular one of these modalities and instead of going to grad school I decided to develop a small business instead and if you listened to last week's episode that uh, talked about the preschool that is the one that I started so I'd been running that for a few years and it was interesting because I was still interested in helping youth but at the time this idea of working with them before they were drowning in their problems felt a lot more hopeful. So anyway, if you listened to episode 120, you'll remember that this preschool came to an abrupt end after the Loma Prieta earthquake in 1989. And at that time I became a full-time mom. I went on to have five children and caring for them was very rewarding and took up all of my time. It gave me great, a great sense of purpose. I didn't give my career helping youth a thought for years because I was in the trenches helping my own youth and my family. I was also busy serving in my church, which gave me opportunities to serve with youth as well. I was often involved with the youth program there, and I taught many Sunday school classes and other classes and led organizations with the youth. And I had figured that that was where I would fulfill those earlier desires to serve that that young population. Then my oldest child became dramatic, not in the unreasonable way, but in the theatrical way. And 20 years later, I'm still teaching, directing, coaching youth theatrically, weekly. And When you're helping teens comprehend a Shakespearean plot, there's actually a lot of counseling that goes into it. And it's been a beautiful journey that's totally taken me by surprise. And if you're curious about more of the details, then you can check out some previous episodes where I sit down with my good friend Jana Hargadon and talk about how it all got started. I can put a link to that in the show notes if you want to find it. All that to say that my ikigai or purpose... Was there all along? And just like with me, it may take some twists and turns to arrive at your life's purpose. But when you stay true to who you are and continue to seek opportunities to follow your core values, you'll be guided to where you can serve and make contributions that are unique to your specific abilities. An interesting thing about this concept of Ikigai is it's really fuel in your tank. For me personally, I don't have to be employed. I don't have to work. And sometimes I wonder why I don't just spend more time playing pickleball. But the bottom line is I really enjoy serving where I do because it fulfills my purpose. And that's why I continue to volunteer for TNT and put in many hours every week Continuing to develop a curriculum of the play theory principles and doing things like this podcast, no one is making me do it. I'm driven to do it because I find purpose in doing so. It's what gets me out of bed every day. So remember my father-in-law Henry, the one who, who died after living a long and purposeful life. Well, his wife Aurora, who is the namesake for my daughter Aurora, the dramatic one was not in the best of health after Henry had passed away, and everyone in the family said it wouldn't be long before she passed on too. But I knew better, and I was so sure of myself that I made a bold prediction that Aurora would rally and live long enough to outlive Henry, who was three years older than her, meaning that she would live to be at least 91. I have long been an observer of human nature, and I had noticed how competitive Aurora was with Henry when they were playing their regular card games. We joked that Henry was so good he could still beat everyone, even when he dozed off between his turns, but he would always let Aurora win whenever she was pouting about losing. It was sweet to watch, and guess what happened? Aurora after losing her sweet Henry, reoriented her ikigai and found purpose in living longer than Henry had. Although she was weary and missed him terribly, and she would complain that he had gone on and left her, but she lived on three more years to be exact. And on the day that she turned One day older than Henry had been when he died, she peacefully passed away. That is the power of having purpose in your life. All right. I want you for this week's play of the week to start off each morning before you get out of bed. Review your purpose for the day. Identify something That's the reason for getting up and see if it doesn't put a little more fuel in your tank. And then ask if that daily purpose is serving your larger ikigai. Here's a hint. Purpose is often found in serving others. So if you're having a hard time identifying something, try looking outward. It doesn't have to be something profound like removing all of the microplastics from the oceans. But if that's what motivates you, please stick with it and we'll all be blessed as you fulfill your life's work of making the oceans better in some way. So, I hope you'll take on this challenge. I'd love to hear about it in the comments or in a direct message on Instagram or you can use a hashtag or something. I don't know. Let me know how it's working for you as you're practicing your happiness. Thank you to everyone who's listening and especially to those who are sharing the podcast. If you're finding value in this, it's an easy thing to do to scroll down if you're listening on your phone and after seeing a few of the episodes listed, there'll be a place to rate the podcast and leave a review. So just click on those five stars. If you're in a hurry and if you have a minute, I would love to hear your thoughts about the podcast in a review. You can also, once again, direct message us on Instagram. You'll find us at the happiness playbook till next week, keep up the good work and keep practicing your happiness game. Just like anything in life, you have to practice to achieve mastery. So keep at it, be present and show up where you're at. Let go and play. Don't get stuck in resentment or self-loathing when things go wrong, let it go and move on, accept and build on whatever is happening in your life right now. Maybe you're a young mom with little kids. Accept this stage of life and make the most of it because it won't last forever. And believe me, it's gone way sooner than you're ready for it to be over with. And lastly, look outward. When you're with others, consider their needs and do something to make someone's day a little better. You cannot bring light to another and not receive it yourself. I would love it if you looked outward and left that review or shared this episode with a friend or someone you think would appreciate it. Well, that's your pep talk for this week. You can do it. Remember, happiness isn't something that happens to you. It's something that you make happen. So stick with it. You've got this.